0: Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel and I am your host. No one wants a divorce. And while the process of divorce, the legal aspects, the logistics, and the aftermath are painful and overwhelming, I refuse to allow this to define me. A friend of mine taught me about the concept of the North Star, how when sailors are lost in the dark and cannot find their way home, they look to the North Star to get back on course and can always find home. That my children would need to be my North Star. That in all decisions, I would need to look to them to guide me. A North Star divorce is when you make your children your main focus. When all decisions are based on the question, will this make them feel emotionally safe or will this cause further harm? It is about adults putting aside our baggage, emotions, anger, and old stories. Today, I have the privilege of talking with my friend, Jessica, a divorcee, a warrior mother, therapist, and all-around beautiful human, Jessica. Welcome.
1: Thank you. That's so nice to <laughs> <We're> hear.
0: <gonna laughs> jump right in because you know we don't Nothing. mess around. Nope. I want you to tell me about your first marriage, your kids, the dynamic. Um, tell me what it was like before the divorce came up. Um. Well,
1: uh, it was very the divor- the the marriage before kids was what I would describe as being happy and fun. There was a, an awful lot of partying. There was a lot of, um, you know, like spending money and jet setting and travel and um, really not, I wouldn't have described it as having out of the ordinary problems or stress
0: were there um, any red flags looking back in hindsight that you saw about your partnership? Absolutely. Um, what were they?
1: Um, the red flags were that um, I was I was very um, very much like the worker bee, um, and kind of getting things done, getting things accomplished, planning kind of oversight of kind of like grown-upy things like bills and tasks and cleaning and household and doctor appointments and um and I because I'm just a natural caretaker not just caregiver but sort of edging into like codependent caretaker I just sort of naturally started doing some of that there was some red flags about kind of some helpless behaviors that I I guess I just thought were maybe charming or potentially charming. What do you mean? What do you mean
0: by helpless?
1: Um, I guess that's a judgment call on my part, but like a lot of things that he didn't do for himself. Like, you know, he would, we met when we were in our thirties, I was 31, he was 36 and his mom was still doing his laundry and, um, he was in. Wait, some back, death. Up, back <laughs> up, back up, back up, back <laughs> up. Yeah.
2: I know. Were they See, living together? See, to I'm like judgmental <laughs> here and be like,
0: some people think
2: that's fine.
0: Were they living together? No. So, would she come to his house and do his laundry, or did he bring it to his her house? He brought it there, and she did like his shirts and ironed his <laughs> shirts. Did so you call him out on it, like joking, like like Hey, bud, like what's happening here? <laughs> No, I didn't. Wait, could I you imagine not. how old is your son right now? Ten. Are you still doing his laundry? uh probably about half the time. Okay. When I realized there's you gotta no one, stop underwear. that. You gotta stop that. Okay. <laughs> My, I got three boys, as you know. I, they all do their own laundry. The, the most I do is I tell them when I see that their laundry basket and, and all the floor around it is getting full, I say, "Stop! Put your digital down and go do your laundry." And then yeah, I that's a good reminder. In, in between each cycle of the laundry, I make them do that because do you want your son to be no. 36 and have you I don't. Oh, wait? I how old will you be when your son's 36? Dead. <laughs> or doing his laundry. Or doing his laundry. Okay. I'll so, I'll be somewhere where no one can get a hold of me. Okay. So um, first husband doing mom's doing laundry. Did you take over that? The laundry? Yes. Okay. He you never yeah. were like, okay, you need to do your laundry.
1: No. No, it's just kind
0: of like I. I really like.
1: There's a there's a part of that that I do enjoy, like taking care of. Yeah, like oh, like I enjoyed the like playing house aspect of it because I, you know, it was really like I don't know. It was kind of like I guess I didn't even think about the pathological part of it. Like I thought like. I'm doing this because I'm a nice person and I really enjoy taking care and like folding the poo-poo poo these. You know?
0: <laughs> okay. So we got laundry, you're doing all most of the stuff around the house. Kids cooking the picture, cooking. So the kids come in the, the picture. How's that there going? There were some the what? When the kids come in the picture.
1: Uh when the kids come in the picture, um basically just like triple that.
2: So uh, I, continue,
1: I then all, and then there was a lot, you know, there's three people's worth of stuff that I'm doing. And, you know, I, at no point if I would have said, no, I refuse to do this. I imagine would I've gotten a fight about it, but I just fell into that was my thing. I fell into that role. I didn't question it. Um, I just started doing it. And part of it is because, you know, like, I feel like I I do it better. And that's true. But you know Mm -hmm. what? I mean, now I realize. like, I just rather have someone else do it. I don't care if it's done my way, but um, yeah. So I was doing that three people's. I was doing all the doctor's appointments, waking up at night, doing all the feedings.
0: Um,
2: And just to be clear to the listeners,
0: if people like doing that and they don't later use that as their excuse and reason to be resentful and throw that in their face, in the partner's face, that's where the issue is. Some people just like doing all those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yep. So, but usually what happens is a relationship starts not working out well and those things, which once were lovely and charming, now become like, look at everything I'm doing. Yeah. But the other piece
1: too is that, you know, it's like an issue of like whether, you know, my tank is getting filled because I, I do enjoy doing those things when I feel when I'm not depleted, and there were a lot of things that I needed in terms of emotional acknowledgement um, sexual attention, emotional attention um togetherness that you know he at a certain point just basically worked all the time and he worked out of town, so he'd be gone like seventy five percent of the time, and I was with the kids and it was it was um I felt really abandoned, and so I think if It wouldn't have felt so much like there was a defining, (laughs) my defining moment. I'll never forget this. It's, it was in the morning, in the morning, it was just me and he was getting ready for work and he would, you know, do his skin regimen and all that and be getting ready for work and and I would be with the kids and getting everybody up and breakfast and all that and you know, like I was pictured like in the pajamas after three days, the same pajamas. (laughs) Um and it was raining outside and the night before I'd put out the garbage I'd put out the garbage, mm-hmm. um, and the raccoons had gotten to it.
0: No, I hate And it was raccoons. garbage
1: day. I hate raccoons too. Mm-hmm. But then the, it was garbage day, and and it was pouring rain. And he said, "I'm sorry, I got to go to work. I have a meeting. Do you mind taking care of that?" And I I didn't I didn't think about it because all I could think about was I don't I want them to take the garbage away. And I was out in the driveway on my knees with a pair of barbecue tongs picking garbage (laughs) up and putting in the garbage in the rain and he was driving by behind the glass in his you know super fancy Mm -hmm. leased car he had like this huge like fancy leased car and he was going you can't this is an audio thing, so you can't see my face. But he was like shaking his head, mouthing the words, "Sorry, gotta go to work." Uh-huh. It was like a slow motion moment that I'm like, "This sucks." Yeah, this is like demonstrative of the whole picture. I felt like a horse on the way to the glue factory. It was just. Uh-huh. Yeah. Were you so.
0: having conversations in your marriage about how you were feeling?
1: Yeah, I um, I would say. I would always use the phrase, like, I feel like I'm alone floating out on like an iceberg, like I'm doing yes. it all by myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like I wanted this kind of life, but it feels very lonely. Um, we would have, I would talk sometimes about sex, like, is it normal we're not having, I wouldn't say, is it normal we're not having sex? I would say, we're not having sex. Like, I don't, that doesn't seem, that's not okay with me. And,
2: yeah.
1: Um. And sometimes I would just, like,
0: accommodate and not say anything and get really angry and then explode. And then How that- would he respond when you were not exploding, but you were just communicating that? Um, he would get d- real defensive. Because um, he didn't feel the same way? No. Yeah. No. I think um, what the story you're talking about, I can relate so hard to, is a very typical story of what happens to marriages when there's little kids and an imbalance of responsibilities, um, the isolation. And then, you know, there's something that is not talked about very often, which was what I experienced was a form of abuse that no one can see, which is neglect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And, um, the, it doesn't leave any bruises
1: no no marks no no scars
0: but it is so isolating and you feel so lonely and then our go my go-to is what's wrong with me right and then you try to communicate and your partner's like i'm fine i don't know what your problem is yeah so back and forth you're having explosions do the kids know does anyone know or is it a secret
1: um it's kind of a secret Every once in a while, I would talk to my mom about it, and she was pretty understanding. Um, I had a therapist I was working with at the time who was very helpful, um, but she was kind of joining with me in that, like, let's see what you can do, right? And, and not in an inappropriate way, but, like, well, you know, it, it, it was kind of a wake-up call when the one day, you know, I was talking about, you know, venting about, like, you know, he comes home, and he's, you know, gets on the floor and plays with the kids for 10 minutes. I get dinner on the table, we eat dinner. And then he goes down to the TV and I finish putting the kids to bed and I pass out. Mm
0: -hmm. And that was
1: like every single day that he was in town. And, and I had said to, you know, it sort of in an exasperated way, like, why doesn't he want to connect with me? Why doesn't he want to help with the dishes? Why doesn't he, you know, why, 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 why? And my therapist said, well, what if he just doesn't want that kind of relationship? Mm. and it was like you would think it would be like duh you know but it was like earth shatter I'm like oh my goodness he doesn't
0: right because if he did he would do it right he doesn't he and and it sounds like you communicated to him that, that you would like that I did and I would say you know, it's the
1: old like tube, you know, uh, tube off the toothpaste conversation. Or one time when I was really pregnant with Amelia, we were living in Ohio City and he would leave his underwear all over the floor and I couldn't see, you know, belly. My belly. <laughs> right. And I almost like bit it down the stairs, you know, and I, I, I had to come to Jesus with him. Yeah. And, you know, for a little while, he would be a little better about it. But it wasn't something that he wanted. It He really did want that. Mommy to take care of things, and I, you know, so yeah, that that isolation. We had moved out to the Moreland Hills, which is a suburb in Cleveland and Far East Side, and I didn't know anybody, and it was weird. Like I had to like good like dating the women at the preschool because I didn't know anybody, and I did. I got I made some friends and some connections, but um, yeah, that isolation. It was I was very very depressed, very hopeless. Did you guys see
0: anybody? Did you go to, um, like to get help together? We, um, we didn't
1: really, we, we went to see, we had a, um, I'm going to go plug my phone because I'm of course running out of juice. (laughs) Um, we had a, um, person that we saw when we had a little bit of a hiccup, um, right when we were, um, going to have kids and we went to see a therapist and I, I feel like we got to know certain things about each other, but it didn't really make much of a difference. Didn't make much of a difference.
0: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I remember at one point we had a conversation. I was really at the end of my rope. And I we had a conversation. And I, I would go down when I wanted to talk, go down to like his lair in the TV <laughs> room down there and say like, hey, can you mute the tv for a minute because i have to talk
0: about something (laughs) wait hold on i'm just laughing because not to share too much information but i do anyways Uh, the first time i told my ex-husband that i actually was considering leaving and this was after like years of therapy but never ever saying that those words out loud like a 20 minute conversation he said to me is it okay if i go watch the Cavs game Oh, for fuck's and sake! And I remember thinking, <laughs> if you said that to me, and we were married, and you said it to me, I would stay up with you all night long. Yeah, like, decipher the universe to figure out oh, yeah. what we're going to do to not lose our life. Okay? Right. I'm laughing as you said. He, you asked him, he's shooting his TV show." Yeah, so, I said. I'm like also looking at the TV, just not listening. Yeah, right. One eye on the TV. Okay, so um, you have a conversation down there while he's muted.
1: Yeah, so he's muted, and I said, um, uh, sorry, I'm moving in the house because I have to plug in here and move the pets in because it's going to rain. Uh-huh. Um, I said, um, you know, I, I kind of reiterated the things that I always reiterated, which were um, I feel all alone. I feel like I'm doing everything. I don't feel supported. You know, I, all yeah. the things I was working on with my therapist saying, yeah. like, the right way. And, uh, and he said this thing, which now in hindsight, I realize, um, and it's one of his strengths that he's really great with people and he's a wonderful salesperson, but it's also like, I knew in hindsight, I think he was just kind of telling me what I needed to hear so that I would just kind of like, not, you know, he wasn't, wasn't being mean about it. I know where his intentions were probably whatever, but probably just let me get back to my show. He said, I get it. You feel like a bird in a gilded cage.
0: Mm.
1: And I was at once like felt heard, but also disgusted. Like, oh yeah, I guess, but simplify it all you want. But this is like, my life feels like it's ending, you know? Um, So yeah, so it was pretty bad. And
0: I, um, it's- So from that conversation, what'd you do? Nothing. How much longer after that did it take until you guys got to a place where you made the decision to get a divorce? Uh, probably about two years. Okay, how old are your kids when the divorce is, is about to happen? Uh, the divorce happened in
1: 2014. So I guess Amelia was seven mm-hmm. and Oliver was four.
0: Okay. Four. And so... Yeah are you do you come to him is it a discussion is it a fight how does it ha- how does the divorce happen um what i remember because
1: it's like very blurry um was that he um he and i um met we went out and the kids we had a sitter or something and we went to the wine bar at the corner and we sat down and uh he said, I've, I've, I got a lawyer. Wow. Cause we had gone to, a, we, we, no, um, you were, you we, were you
2: surprised?
0: No. You were, were going to say you went to a mediator? No, we went to a
1: couple, we went to some therapists. Okay. I let him kind of do, he wanted to pick. So we went to like four different ones, like twice. And they were all, um, a little, it, it just felt hopeless. It just didn't seem to help. And the only one that I liked was the one that he hated.
2: Uh, so which
1: makes sense because um, she was, you know, I don't know. Can but, we pause so, for a second?
0: Uh, I want to ask you something. We're going to have another yeah. session where I'm actually interviewing you as the professional that you are. But yes. I know you have this information and I want to ask you before I forget it. My experience Please. is the same. I've had, I went to three marriage counselors. Everyone I've ever spoken to has said the same thing about their marriage counselor experience. Why do you think
2: mm-hmm.
0: it's such a shitty experience? Um.
1: Well, I have two answers to that. Okay. One in uh, one is by the time couples go to marriage therapy, things are so hopeless and miserable that there's no way that
0: and both people at the same time. Hold on. Hold on. You, the right. You, I thing. lost you for a second. You said because by the time you said by the time. Hold on one second. Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. So you were saying by the time people go to a marriage counselor, it's so hopeless, or it's it's at the bet it's at the at that end. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah. Usually that's when people seek counseling. Some couples, I see some couples now who are like still dating. Um, they're going to be coming back to me probably when they're married. Yeah. With the same problems. But of course it's, that's why it's so simple in the end, you know, when you're having a real good relationship, you realize how simple it is, but you're so angry at the person, feel so isolated, so hopeless, so sad. There's no way to, for one person, a, ther- a single therapist to say, to two people who feel so differently, it's like taking a you know one a Trump voter and a Biden voter, mm. putting them in the room and saying, girl, let's let's negotiate." Oh
0: my God, it's it would never happen, happen
1: ever. <laughs> no, never. And I'll tell you, I hated you know. I'll never actually. You know what? I I take that back about the marriage therapy before we decided to divorce. We did go to see someone and I'll never forget what she said. First of all, the reason why I didn't like her is because she was wearing like all Ann Taylor and had lots of like gold <laughs> clocks in the office, which is like a no go for me. <laughs> very clinical, very, you know, like no warmth, you know? Um, and I was, um, I was seven months pregnant with Oliver. So that meant that, uh, we had been married for um, six years. Um, Ron and I had been married for six years. Anyways, so I was talking about, you know, like, um, my unhappiness and my sense of isolation and emptiness and talking about how I feel like, you know, I was worried that he was just going to do a lot of grandstanding in the therapy office. Cause that's usually what he would do. Talk about what a great husband he was and that the therapist was going to fall for it. I was being very real with her about mm-hmm. it. Um, and at the end, within like 20 minutes, we were talking about putting me on antidepressants. Mm. Which to me, and I, I remember, I felt so proud of myself. It one of my proudest moments. I turned to the therapist and I said, "Do you understand how you have been pulled into the dynamic of this marriage? Wow, that that you have joined in this idea that I'm the problem, right? And I was just happy, which used to be the mantra right. that my
0: husband would say. If you, the only problem in in is you know, you're not my- happy. I'm fine, no. right? That was right. mine too." And I want to address something there that you just brought up, which is something I always talk about with my coaching clients. A marriage is the only living thing that requires two humans to tend to it and two humans to both want it to survive and do everything it takes. You can raise a baby alone. You can have a house alone. You can have a garden alone. You can have a pet alone. You cannot Mm -hmm. have a marriage alone. And so the idea that the only solution and the only problem is you, and that yep. we just need to get you medicated properly and then everybody will be okay is insane. While I'm, while I'm pregnant. Seven months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So awesome. So he comes here, you're at the wine bar, he's got a lawyer. What's your thought process?
1: I've, I've hired a lawyer and I said, oh, I was a little surprised I think because I didn't know that he'd done that yet. And uh, I said, "Oh, okay." Um, It was amicable, you know. We weren't screaming at each other. I said, "Well, how did you pick your lawyer? Um, You know, who did you choose?" He said, "And this is when I knew what it was going to be like because I really, I'm, I'm pretty naive. I'm pretty naive about him, even to this day." Um, He said, "I called all my friends and asked them, um, you know, if what did he say? Something like." I called all the most powerful, wealthy people I knew and asked them um, if they needed a lawyer to kick someone's ass, who
2: would they
0: hire? Why do you think he was going into it with the intention of kicking ass? He was really angry at me. Mm -hmm. Okay. I understand that. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I was, like,
1: terrified. And when I found out who his lawyer was, who he was, that person, I was... I was first of all I was thinking well you know I mean there's some things that are just kind of bottom line like I'm yeah. not you know there's not a lot of jewels sitting
2: around in our state yeah. yeah. Know, it's
1: like, I want my 2003 Honda CRV right you know like not you know we we're not, we weren't the people that he thought we were yeah you know um and I knew we weren't the people he thought we were you know living in Moreland Hills we're not those people you yeah. know um so I I just kind of I did the best I could finding somebody I would have in hindsight, preferred to just like use the same person. So I didn't have to spend $10,000, but you know, so So
0: that's how, how did the divorce go for you? Like the legal part of a divorce, like were you guys living in the same house? Did you already physically separate? Like how long did that process take? And what was that like? Here's where I will
1: say, and I think that this is, this is an, this is a North star thing mm-hmm. from that moment forward. It it was, it was like being an actor mm-hmm. in, in a play and I am a performer professionally. So I know you can, Say to someone before you go on stage, you know, if you get anywhere near, near me tonight and sing over my parts, I'm going to slit your throat. And then you go, And you get down. on stage, yeah, and you're like, ah, <laughs> show time. Hey,
2: everybody,
1: how you doing tonight? Right. And that, for those early months, um, that's what it was. And every st- what happened was we decided that we were going to um, do nesting.
0: Yeah. Oh God. I looked at that. That was a nightmare. Yeah. We didn't. Explain for um, our listener audience what nesting
1: is. (laughs) Yes. It's a a creepy word. Uh, But
0: um, the one thing we
1: did agree on, and even today we have very different ideas of what good parenting is, um, and we still do not align, but we do our best, that we didn't want those kids to suffer one iota they didn't have to. And we understand. He understood. And I have a lot of respect for him for it to this day. Um, and I understood that we were in a lot of control of that. That, we that is so had,
0: powerful that yeah. both of you could see that. Because yep. I think what happens when we're dealing with divorce at the beginning is everyone's baggage and emotions and anger and feelings block our real eyesight from looking at those little kids who have nothing to do with this and who the two of us have complete power over completely screwing up because the divorce Mm -hmm. or making it as painless as possible.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we, that's why we chose nesting, which listener audience (laughs) is when the children stay in In the same home
2: home yeah,
1: and the husband and wife, do sort of like a move out, move in on their time. So the parenting Do you guys time have an
0: important. apartment that you used as your like um, switching place or do you have your own separate places? We thought about
1: a lot of different things, but the sharing the apartment felt was too, the boundaries right. were tricky on
0: that. Right, yeah, like a, so. is your like boyfriend going to use his like soap? <laughs> yeah, like um, uh-huh.
1: don't leave anything, any vibrators. Right, I, I mean, you know, it, yeah.
0: You know, or at
1: least wash them before you use right, them. Right, please. Um but I, we, I had a friend who I approached who had uh, an apartment in, actually a really fancy apartment in the Gold Coast, and I asked her if I could use it. And so that's where I stayed. I believe he stayed with his brother. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not I, I,
2: so, I, it's unbelievable
1: I don't remember, but I don't think I asked. Yeah. I really tried my own my, my own business. That is smart um, of you.
0: How you did, know you, how I, you I,
1: told the kids? Oh, that was the worst. That so was the worst.
0: Seven and, and four? How old were they when we told them? Um I think they
1: were seven and four. Okay. Because yeah. the first part where we kind of knew what was gonna happen. Um we we didn't tell them. We made a plan, and every step of the way we really agreed, which is unbelievable. Because I think that if all I well it, this is what we do now. We co-parent them. This is works real well for us. Yeah. It works real well for us. We do not make a good married couple. We never did. You know, I mean, maybe when we didn't have kids, but we, the co-parenting thing we did. Okay. And the divorcing, you know, the, you know, North star style of like, really what's going to cause the least amount of pain and harm to our kids. So when I told, when we told, our daughter we for some reason when we told our son you know i think there's four of his age yeah (laughs) he was four years like okay whatever they
0: don't even know i think we said something
1: like yeah they know what it means ironically we thought that he was good and then not good but like a couple years later it was like a retroactive thing and it was real he was really yeah angry.
0: same with us my youngest one who i thought would be the least affected because he was the youngest so like why would he even remember all of this has been the most affected and the older mm-hmm. ones have been the least affected they've been yeah. like more logical about it yeah what yeah. would you say like, are your go ahead my daughter,
1: but just back to I yeah. we told her we sat down with her together. We did all this. Well, I did all this research <laughs> about how to talk to her about it, and I told he. I would give him the books, but he wouldn't read them, and then I would just tell him what I'd learned. And he said, "Okay, let's go with that." And there's great research out there on how to talk to kids about it. And we, um, one in particular, is I think it's called. Um,
0: so you're getting a divorce. Can I still have a hamster? Have you heard of that one? Um, here's something I need you to know that you probably don't remember. I texted you from a school bus on a field trip when I knew I was going through my divorce and you texted me that title of that book. (laughs) Tell the listeners again, tell me the name of it again. Um, I think
1: it's called, and we have to, we have to look it up. And if anybody wants a link, I mean, I'll link it to the episode notes.
0: Tell me the name of it. Yeah.
1: I think it's called. So you're getting a divorce. Can I still have a hamster? I love it I mean, because he also writes a book about teenagers um, called um, "I I wish I'd never been born."
0: Can you still take me and Carol to the mall? <laughs> okay. it's, something okay. like that. I mean, it's something like that. I mean, I will it's- find it out, listeners, and I will, yeah. I will, I will, I will link it. So, how did she deal with it when you told her? Did she ask for a hamster? She was
1: devastated yeah she was she immediately started uncontrollably weeping. it was
2: besides the one time when I fell on the stairs with her on my back and she fell and puked and had to be taken in an ambulance that's the second worst moment of my life is
0: that that is watching her can you come closer I'm having a hard time hearing you yeah that's so much better better. yeah
2: devastating devastating (laughs) to watch her pain and know that we at that moment we, you know really were the cause of that pain.
0: Yeah, it's so painful watching those faces. And so tell um, me from um from where you guys are at today, like if you could turn back time to talk to yourself at the beginning of the divorce process, is there anything that you wish you could have told yourself um that you, to do differently or it sounds like you were pretty okay with how things went for the divorce. Um well,
2: This is kind of specific, but it does answer the question. I would have told myself that my kids are stronger than you think. Oh, I love that. Um, Because I, I kept the marital home, um, and took over the mortgage. Yes. Even though receiving alimony, that would have really. Put me financially on my feet. It's like six of one, dozen half dozen of the other, though, because it could have. Maybe I would have been in a better financial place more quickly. But you know, who knows? Maybe it really did make the difference that they got to stay in that house that they
0: grew up in. Which is it's, hard it's hard to know. It's hard to looking know looking back. But I guess what I'm hearing from you, which I think is indispensable to all of us, is your kids are a lot stronger than you think. Yes. I yes. mean, for me, I made the promise to my then nine-year-old written in a contract that I typed out that we both signed, I do not recommend doing, <laughs> that, we was, that we would not leave the school district he was in, oh, yeah. that I would oh, keep yeah. him in his school district, and therefore I took the piddly money I had left. And went searching high and low in that school district and looked at every, oh, uh, I did it looked too. like a kindergarten, like, a like it looked like a kidnapping house where they molested <laughs> children, right? <laughs> we were yeah. in the same school I district, love, right? You house. did. Yeah. And I had to break that promise. It was the first time I ever lied to my child and had to break a promise. And it turned out to be one of the best things we ever did was yeah. to move. I remember. Um, but what I think is the most important from what you just said, regardless of which way we went, even for us today, is our kids are stronger than you think.
2: Yes. Um, and so that doesn't mean I'm irresponsible.
0: No. What it means is that
2: it's sometimes those really, those things that I want to rescue them from or protect them from, that they can, they can handle them. That they can now, you know, when I'm going out of town, like next week, I'm going out of town for a week away from them and they're with their dad. I still have to remind myself I'm not abandoning
0: my kids to leave them with their dad. And they, they need that time with their dad. It's so, it's so painful and so hard to remember that, but they need that because could you imagine if, you know, there's many listeners who doesn't have the other parent in the life and they have to look at their kids and try to explain to their kids why their other parents not showing up.
2: They would give their left nut. Yes. Yes.
0: yes. Let yeah. me ask you a question. As a single parent, what mistakes have you made? Um, in, in, in reference to being a single parent, because like, hello, we're all going to make mistakes as a parent, but like um, divorce mistakes. Thing. Yeah. Divorcing
2: mistakes. Um,
0: Recently,
2: I have become more loose-lipped about my feelings about my frustrations about my ex-husband. Okay. Um, so I've talked more to my daughter about it, not like as a confidant, but like an under my breath kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I had a very strict rule, probably up until this year, with myself, a pact with myself, never, ever say anything bad about dad. I'm going to
0: tell you because I love you so much. You have to go back to that. I'm going to. You have to. You, here's the reason why. I only have two rules for my coaching clients, and one is that one. No matter what, and I want to tell you because I'm human, I also fell short and fell back on that because I was yeah. going through a really challenging time, actually, recently with COVID in the beginning and the frustrations about same. scheduling and same. medical exa- and all same. of it. And because my oldest is 14, I was thinking, you can handle this emotional shit. And he couldn't. And I saw what it was doing to him. And I wasn't saying mean things. I was just sharing. I was telling the truth. Right? Right. I was telling the truth out loud. But he does not need to know the truth from me. Right. They can experience it on their own. And I saw in his eyes that that was me going back on a promise I made to myself and I recommitted to, to that. Yep. And basically it's uncomfortable for me because I'm such a transparent, open person. That yeah. This is an area now, again, I have to remember is not available to my children is they don't get to see that part of me. It's the only mm-hmm. area in my life. They don't get to see anymore is they yep. don't get to see the frustration because that's their dad. And right. at the end of the day, there's no more, harm you can cause your children than by saying anything negative about the other parent. Agreed. And what are they going to do with that information? Like, so what? Your dad's being an idiot about this. Okay. That just makes them feel shitty. And then they're stuck in the middle. So me and you are both going back to that. It's um, something that I've learned in all of the anonymous questionnaires I've done, Mm -hmm. which is no, no child wants to be told anything about their other parent, even if it's true. Yep. They don't need to know that their dad's tight with the wallet, right? they yep. don't need to know. These are not pieces of information. They will learn that on their, I promise right. you. I they know. Will learn that on their own. Okay. I know. That's a good one. Any other um, mistakeies that you've made?
1: It goes back to what I said about kids being stronger than you think they are.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and related to the laundry situation, which yes. is um, I have done, and probably I would do this married or single. But I do too much. I do things for them they can do for themselves.
0: Oh, so good.
1: And every, every day, just like as a therapist, every day I commit not to work harder than my clients. Every day I commit to not to, to to that's pretty black and white, to
0: try harder at doing less. So you know it's a really cool yeah. exercise that you can do with your kids? Um, which they're going to hate, and don't tell them it's from me. But um, I, listen, I listen to the book. How I'm telling You adult. I, I listened to them. a book called How to Raise an Adult, like over and over and over. It's by um, the Stan- the former Stanford dean, Julie. L- I'm never going to say the word right, but I'll post it in the notes. It's my favorite parenting book. But basically, when I listen to it, it reminds me of my job is to raise an adult. Yep. Okay. And so if you guys look, if you sit down with your kids and you list the things on a regular basis that you need to get done for them and for the household, and then you look at them, like write them in a list together, ask them to each write your own list. What do you think needs to be done in the house? What do you think things mom does that you do, right? You compare your list and then you, I want you to put a star next to things out loud together of what things they are going to need to learn how to do in order to leave your house. I like that. And then you don't have to do them all. You say to them, pick two on this list that you want to start learning how to do. So it doesn't make it about chores. It's what do you want to learn how to do on your own?
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, or they could be people who are 36 who come to you to get their laundry done. Yeah. Yes. And my kids hate it because they're like, oh, God, mom's got more lists for us.
1: That's all right, though.
0: Because that that is,
1: you know, can you think of one thing that they could do
0: that, you know, that they should be learning how to do that you're doing? Um, well, they already
1: know how to do it. I just never make them do their, their laundry because they have chores that they do that we've always done. Like one always clears the table. One always sets the table. One always loads the dishwasher. Like we have those things. Um, But that laundry, that needs to change. That's a big one.
0: Maybe you can do what my mom used to do and she would just like make an announcement like she was going on strike and I would like picture her like outside with like a sign. But instead (laughs) of it being like a dramatic announcement, it'll just be, hey guys, guess what? I made the decision for everyone that everyone in this house is doing their own laundry. Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Isn't this exciting? It is. Um, I have a question for you. I have a few yes. more that I promise I'll let you go. What areas are your kids currently struggling with that you think are related to the divorce? Uh, screen limits. Ooh. Screen limits in the time of a pandemic. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. Is it because at different houses, different screen times?
1: Yeah. And this is pre-COVID. Okay. And it's not even really that big of a struggle because I, they now say to me, they parrot what I've said to them for years, which is mom and dad have different rules. Yeah. It's okay. I love that. Mom and dad have different rules. It's different at dad's house. What I need to shut my fucking mouth about yep. is my feelings about dad's rules. Yes. I, of, I get, I, I say and regularly can be quoted, waving my hands in the air. Like I'm swatting flies, <laughs> catching and saying all you and your father do is watch tv you're all gonna be a bunch of lazy dumb fat
0: fuck yes yes that's lovely i can't do that i can't here's the thing what they do at dad's house is like vegas yeah i know it happens they don't talk about i don't ask them you know know that they're doing that so here's the new thing that's part of like the not talking about is it's not your business yeah it's It's not not your business you could talk to your friends about it, your, your spouse about it, your people about it. Those two people that you're trying to complain about it, they love it. That's their favorite thing <laughs> to do with their dad, right? They're not going to get in your parade. They're not going to mark Stop giving us so much screen time, dad.
1: Yeah, they don't. They're not on my plan. I want to know. Yeah, it, go ahead. It's not, it's not really. When I say it's a problem, it's not really because everybody hears one more minute. Yeah, one more oh my God. No,
0: they no, say mine's two. Two. They say two more. They don't even ask for one. Two more well, minutes,
1: My my son will say, "Well, can I just watch the end of this video?" And I'll say, "Well, how long is it?" Sometimes it's like seventeen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> four, four minutes. Okay, but it's so it's not really a problem because you know what they do. They know my. I don't have strict rules. I just yeah. am like, all right we need to do something other than screen right now. Yes. Um, and it's been very loose. I'm very proud of myself how relaxed I've been about it through COVID because I could be a blathering, neurotic yes. mess. And I'm really, But I want not- to acknowledge,
0: I don't think that has anything to do with being a divorced family. I think that it's just a, the struggle of the yeah. 100%. I don't, I could, we could all survey our friends who are not divorced and they would have the exact same issue. Yeah. Right. I'll tell you one,
1: one COVID related thing is, and maybe this would still be happening if we were married. He's, he feels really differently about, um, he's always been a super, super, super cautious person.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, that's my most unjudgmental um way of framing it. And I have always been a super, super, super not cautious person <laughs> from the day I was born. I was born yeah. like full breach, you know? Yeah. So It's, it's that way with COVID and, and a lot of times we don't fall on the same page. And I have to say, I, this is like the cardinal rule of don't say this to your kids, but I have said to my kids, we probably shouldn't talk to dad about the the fact that we're doing this because it would probably really scare him. Um, and, and I don't say it much. And I think that's absolutely off limits. You don't, you shouldn't even be doing something that you should be saying. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But like certain things like we, you know, go to like a an event where there's like, a, you know, not that everyone's grouped together licking each other, but like, like we were in the national parks. Like, let's yes. not give dad details about the fact that like, not everybody was wearing masks at Old Faithful, right. you know, like, but it's, a, it's not, I don't think. I think that that would be happening if we were married. You know, it's not it's, a divorce. You know what? It relation. is
0: such uncharted territory. And I think that if that's your biggest issue, that you are in really good shape. I think we're doing really good. He has a
1: new girlfriend, I think so which too. I'm, I'm excited about. Like, great, bring Can someone else me to something? the fold.
0: Is it yeah. a memory I have? Did you all go on a post divorce vacation together?
1: We did.
0: Not a girlfriend. No, no. no you, no, your ex, and the kids. Yes, we so did. So amazing. I, that is in my North Star dream that's never going to happen, <laughs> ever. Not because well, I, don't, I would love it to, but my ex is, does not feel the same way, which is fine. But yeah. I, I, like, no one can see me, but I'm hailing to you, like because I think that is so cool. I what to a great say, I, never,
1: I never in a million years thought I would. And I'll tell you, I, it, I didn't, like, enjoy being with him. Of course of course but my kids had it was so awesome for them to have us there together and it was like two years ago
0: and nobody walked ago. away crying going how come yeah. you're not together they understood you're not together
1: they understood we're not together they, not together. they say things like um that here's a great quote and i know you'll appreciate this because uh, one of the things that was always not a good match was his his uh aesthetic and values versus mine. Mm-hmm. Um, my son and I were sitting in the hot tub at the two-star hotel we stayed at in Kansas on our way home from our trip. And he said, you know, mom, dad takes us on fancy vacations and you take us on long vacations. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like,
0: there it is. Yes. It, that is it. Viva la difference. But do you so. know what's so cool about that, that I think that our kids get to experience is they get to experience it both. Because if you were married, you couldn't go on both of those vacations because he wouldn't go on yours and you would throw a fit about going on his. And now Mm -hmm. your kids get to experience the pure, like the pure personality of who each of you is.
1: Yeah. I agree Uh, completely.
0: First of all, I could talk to you forever, but I only have one more question because I know that we are getting to our time. My last question, what advice do you have for anyone about to embark on this journey?
1: This is going to sound like a plug for you and maybe it is but I'm also a therapist so maybe it's a plug for therapy in general absolutely bring as many people onto your team as you possibly can because unfortunately you're going to find out you're going to get a lot of people dropping off your team yeah like a lot of people like really disappointing like my fam- my parents really I felt very abandoned by them during my divorce. And I just believe that it's not about like friends who are going to give you a million different pieces of advice, but support people. Like don't go it alone. Be honest with people about what you're going through so that they know that, you know, and ask for what you need from those people. Once you have your team, don't be afraid to ask for what you need and get someone professional to help you. I really believe having a therapist who's just like on your team or somebody, it could be a coach, a therapist. It could be a, maybe it's a, a lot of times I'm the couple's therapist and then they get divorced and I, I, you know, I get one in the divorce by one person in the couple, usually the person who doesn't think I'm the devil. Um, Cause always somebody always thinks I'm the devil, you know, in a, in a marital therapy thing that does
0: not work out. By the um, way, I'm going to include in my episode notes, if it's okay with you, how to get in touch with you professionally, because yeah. you are the person that I'm going to send people to um, who need therapeutic work. I just love the way you go about just real and human and with humor and honesty. And I just respect that so much. This was um, our first go around together. I'm going to be bothering again to get my, my professional Jessica. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. Thanks for your patience with the original roll.
0: Oh my God. I love you. I hope you have an amazing evening and stay safe. Thank you. I love you too.